0: Welcome to We Are DB. I am Brenton, joined as always by Danielle. Hi! Thanks for joining us this week as we count up the IMDb's best movies of all time and discuss some of the greatest films you mightn't ever have seen. This week, rated as number 18 on the internet movie database by millions of film lovers from around the world is The Matrix. Released in 1999, starring Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne, The Matrix is a science fiction action film set 200 years in the future. Based on an original screenplay inspired by Japanese anime and martial arts films, The Matrix is written and directed by the Wachowskis. Now, the Wachowskis were credited as Andy and Larry Wachowski at the end of this, um, being born Andrew and Lawrence, but have since transitioned into Lily and Lana Wachowski. Um, they have since also done Speed Racer, Cloud Atlas, and Jupiter Ascending. So um, that I wouldn't consider them very good directors at all. They haven't really made any other good movies, including the sequels to this, which both came out in 2003, Matrix Revolutions and Matrix Reloaded. Really? Yeah, they both came out a few months apart from each other, which is probably a terrible decision four years after this first one.
1: I was going to say, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I was just saying to you, it's interesting that they both... Felt like they wanted to transition. It makes sense for one of them, but for both of the brothers to transition into sisters, it's just an interesting choice.
1: It is. I mean, regardless of whether or not they're good directors, I think good for them. And it's great because they are representing trans women and trans people in the film industry, and that's awesome. So cool. Good for them.
0: Now, last week when we did Goodfellas, it was also rated number 18, and this one is rated 18 as well, and that is because the list has updated since last week. Um, Avengers Endgame has dropped down to 20-something, as we Mm -hmm. had predicted that it would um, when we spoke about that in episode 14 or something. As it gets rated being in cinemas for so long, it has dropped down, so we've got more of an accurate number list now, if anyone actually cares. Um, Do you
1: reckon it's going to stay there? Or do you reckon it's going to keep going down?
0: It might drop a few more places. It'll probably um, plateau at about 30, I reckon, in the 30s. Uh, It just fucked up our numbers for a few weeks there, that's all.
1: Not that it's a bad movie or anything. I mean, I haven't seen it yet. No,
0: every movie does that.
1: Yeah, exactly. They
0: always go up and then they plateau down a bit more. Um, And we will be covering that, like we said, uh, six months after it releases. That's usually how long we give for the new movies, um, which will be at the end of October.
1: And, y'all, we've decided I'm going to watch all... Of the Marvel movies, which, to be perfectly honest, I'm not looking forward to simply because it's such a gargantuan task. But I think it'll pay off in the long run.
0: You said that you think you will like it, though.
1: I will. It's just like I don't. I don't like the commitment of watching like fucking seventy two hours of superhero movies. <laughs> just consider <laughs> so, it
0: like a TV series. There's yeah, three seasons of a TV series. Avengers Endgame is over three hours long.
1: Oh, fuck off. Oh, fine.
0: Next week, we are doing Seven Samurai from Akira Kurosawa from 1954. That is three and a half hours long, that movie. I was like, like, yeah, we'll just just knock it out.
1: So we'll get to it when we get to it.
0: I'm actually really looking forward to that one, though. I've heard very good things from his work and that movie in particular. So that's what we'll be doing next week. Now, to get into The Matrix.
1: (laughs) I am really excited to talk about this and i want to just go over my initial impressions
0: because this is the first time you've ever seen it isn't it
1: yes and i sat down and i was watching it what did i put down my initial thoughts before we even turned on the movie i'm like it's an action movie because i remember from when i was a little kid because when did it come out 2003
0: that was the sequels this one came out in 1999
1: so I would have been four. So people like when I was like six, people would have been talking about it at school and stuff. And I just remember kids being like, Wah, Matrix.
0: Yeah, it was very big.
1: Yeah, that's all I remember about it. And I was like, apparently it's really green. So like I had no idea, right?
0: I always remember the green filter, yeah, because it, it makes you feel sorta of uncomfortable.
1: Yep. One feels fake, which is which is the point.
0: And maybe that's a reference to old computer monitors because they used to have a green tinge to it. And mm. It doesn't really relate to computer monitors now, but they they used to.
1: So it kind of dates it, yeah. It
0: does, but it does make you feel like you're in like cyberspace, I guess. Yeah.
1: So we started watching it. And I remember sitting down, and in the first few minutes, I'm like, oh my god. I was like, I don't think I'm gonna like this. It screams dumb 90s. Because, like, in the first five minutes, we see Trinity with her fucking slicked back hair and leather pants. and The I'm just tight like,
0: leather pants, yeah.
1: What the fuck is this? Like, I'm just looking at it, and I'm like, oh my god. Like, I have, to si- I have to sit here and watch this for two hours. And let me just say, like, it got a lot better. I'm really excited to talk about this. But it just initially presented like it wasn't compelling right from the word go i would love to see a remake of this now with the technology like reflecting the technology and the computer capabilities that we have now
0: maybe a better sequel rather than a remake or a reboot um because i think this first one is kind of fine
1: and also the cgi computers robots would be a lot better now yeah they could do some really fucking cool stuff with that
0: it is filmed very much like a late 90s, early 2000s action movie would. It feels like like the first Spider-Man movie or that Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck, you know, or Triple or X with, with Vin Diesel. These things are shot in a particular way that it's like, oh, that feels like 2000.
1: It's almost cringy. It now. is these
0: days, but it was so cool back then.
1: Yeah, everyone's like, oh my god, action, kick ass, woo! She can and jump it's across like,
0: buildings. Fuck.
1: Yeah, it's like, we've fucking seen this before. Yeah, like, but you hadn't seen, yeah. like,
0: bullet time to this extent before this film. Yeah. This is actually the first movie on the list that we're covering that's an Australian movie.
1: It's Australian.
0: Yeah, there are a lot of uh, American cast and crew, which obviously most of the, the main cast are American. But yep. everyone else involved in this is Australian. It's It was filmed in Sydney. All the city shots are Sydney. And all the extras are Australian. The woman in the red dress is Australian. Hugo Weaving is Australian.
1: Who's the production company?
0: was uh, it Warner Brothers? I don't remember.
1: I was going to say, like, that's the only thing that would make sense. Because there um, are quite
0: a few studios around Australia, but I there was is just Warner say, Brothers say Yeah,
1: for people around the world who don't know, we actually live...
0: Down the road from the movie studios.
1: Yeah, on the Gold Coast, so... That's something weird and new for me, because I'm from rural Alberta where nothing interesting happens in terms of, like, entertainment. So, like, to live down the road from a Warner Brothers movie studio that does, like, it's weird to me.
0: They do quite a lot of movies here that you wouldn't think that they did. They did do uh, Thor Ragnarok in Brisbane. Yeah. And there was also, like, that Dwayne Johnson movie, uh, San Andreas. There was that uh, Angelina Jolie movie, Unbroken. They recently did Aquaman and Justice League um parts of the caribbean 5 i think it was they do Mm -hmm. do quite a few films here on the gold coast but even in sydney they probably used the same lot as moulin rouge oh really anyway
1: interesting
0: so i did watch this when it first came out and i had no idea what was what was happening because i was very young um and i also watched the sequels when they first came out as well and i still had no idea
1: had you actually like is this the second time you've ever seen it like, did you remember much about it?
0: No, I, I had no idea what a matrix was, obviously, in the early 2000s. Yeah. And then I went to school and I did lots of math courses. And in my advanced math courses, we did matrices and we did mm. multiplications of matrices and learned what that what it meant, which is essentially uh, a grid of numbers, and they can be used for a bunch of different things, usually in algorithms and things, and you see that in the opening scenes of this movie. Um, So I thought, now that I know what a matrix is, maybe watching the movie again will make more sense, and uh, I didn't like it the second time as well. I still thought it was very confusing. It doesn't have anything to do with a matrix, really. Like The fact that the matrix is a virtual space isn't actually related to what a matrix is in mathematical theory. Uh, but this, so this is the third time I've seen it and I will say that I enjoyed it a lot more than I did when I first watched it the first two times. Um, it's a very cool movie. Like in terms of the actual, like if you get rid of this bad CGI and the, and the cheesiness, it's a cool movie. This is why kids were talking about it at school.
1: I love a good concept film. Yes. Like this is on par for me with Arrival. Arrival. And we all know how much I fucking love Arrival. So in terms of the concept and the complexity of the concept and how it's presented, I love things where I can come back. You know me, Brenton. I'm like, pause it because I got to say something. Pause it because I got to say something. And you're just like, man, just chill out. We'll talk about it on mic in a minute. If I have that much to say about it, it means that I liked it a lot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean, and it's making me think about things. This reminds me of all those conversations we used to have about Harry Potter when you were reading the books.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's yeah. more than that. The concept for this is actually massive. It's a lot bigger than it oh, probably yeah. thought it was when it came out. I'm yeah. also a big fan of big concept movies, and uh, they're the ones that I usually gravitate towards. Even if it is mm-hmm. a bad movie, I like it just because it was trying to do something it's different. It's a thinker. Or it was trying to say something. Um, those high concept movies I very much like. Mm. Uh, so going forward, I'm just going to say Blanket, it is a bit of a confusing movie, so I'd be surprised if you're listening to this without watching it. I would recommend watching it. And there's there's not exactly a big like twist at the end or anything like that, so as a blanket, I'm going to say this is your spoiler warning. If you haven't seen it, um, probably we're just going to go on and say spoilers because there's not really much else to say.
1: And I just want to say, in terms of story, it wasn't fantastic. It was fine, but the concept makes up for it.
0: It was kind of very cliche.
1: It was, but the whole concept of it was very cool.
0: Let me just try and wrap my head around what the story is. So the world, 200 years in the future, has eroded into decay from war with the machines.
1: Yeah, because humans developed artificial intelligence and...
0: And led to their demise.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say that the computers became sentient because that, like... You can have an AI, but that doesn't mean that it can necessarily think for itself. You know what I mean? Um, So they became sentient. There was a war between the computers and the machines. The machines basically won. And in the process, the Earth has become apocalyptic.
0: Yes. So the machines are keeping the humans alive in this simulation, which I didn't realize when I, last time I watched this, they're using them for a power source. As batteries, I'm like, that's a bit fucked up. Interesting. Very interesting to talk about.
1: It's a very interesting concept, and they'll literally farm humans and liquefy them to feed other humans, which they're using, like, body heat and electrical signals from brain chemistry and things like that, to power themselves, to power the machines. See,
0: that's very cool. Like, that's a very big idea.
1: Yeah. And it's like, what?
0: And I'm glad that they, like... They explain it as best as they can. Like Neo is obviously the audience in this, and a lot of things are being explained to him because it's it's a new world to him. Um, but there's no like narration. There's no like spoon feeding you. It's done in a pretty good way.
1: Can I just say I like the way they did it because it. You're right. It didn't feel like that. It had to be explained to him, and it didn't feel like oh they're just explaining it to him so they can explain it to us. Like it was done
0: in a natural well. way.
1: Yeah, it was. I appreciated
0: that. There are some parts of this where I'm like, "Well, you probably could have done without that." There's a lot at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but a fair bit of it is like, oh, "That's that's pretty good," you know. Like, it's good storytelling. Um, I don't know why they had that whole part at the beginning there with them putting the bug inside his belly button. Yeah, that always gave me nightmares when I was a kid.
1: <laughs> well, and it didn't make sense. Like, well, he's in the Matrix, so you're gonna know where he is always, anyway. So, like, why do you need a physical bug that doesn't actually exist? Because.
0: Well, this makes it seem that the machines don't have control of the Matrix, meaning that they need agents to physically go somewhere or see something. Um, They're just as much along for the ride as the humans inside the Matrix. It's just a vessel, essentially. They don't have control. They can't see everything.
1: But they can interact with it in a different way because. They're machines. Well, agents aren't even machines, they're programs. They're programs within a program. You know what I mean? So it's Mm. like, the way I'm thinking about it is, the Matrix is the internet, and you've got programs that run on the internet. You know what I mean? So Facebook, let's just say, is a program that runs on the internet, but it's independent of the internet. and can interact with it, it needs it to work. Um,
0: I think a better example would be something like, Google, because they have so many different fingers and things and you need a Google account to go into YouTube and that and they track your location history and your web history and it's it's using the internet to control all those things. It's a very good analogy.
1: But the internet itself is its own entity. Yes. Like, it's its own thing that, like, people interact with through programs yeah that's a great example and to just go into it a little bit further and to talk about the sentience of the machines these agents are controlled by the machines machines have ai agents are programs which i think are sentient also meaning they can think for themselves and something that really tipped that off to me was agent smith talking about he wanted to be out of the matrix you know what i mean and the other agents came into that room after he was talking with Morpheus and said, you know, what are you doing? And he's like, nothing, nothing. You know what I mean? I think that might be explored a little bit more in the second one. I have no idea. Yeah, that,
0: that was a weird scene. I don't know why they added that in there because it didn't... I didn't feel like it related to anything else in regards to that character.
1: Yeah. And I just wanted to say, too... I hate the way that guy talks, and I'm realizing the reason he speaks so weirdly is because he's a program. He's mimicking-
0: Uh, Agent Smith, you're talking about? yeah.
1: He's mimicking being a human, being a person, but he's not, so that's why it feels weird and disconnected, because he's not.
0: I think that's the way the actor's also doing it. I do like Hugo Weaving as an actor, and I love his voice, I actually do like it, because- my first interaction with that and his voice was from Babe. Have you ever seen Babe? mm The pig? Yeah?
1: Yeah, who was he in that?
0: He was Rex, the, the sheepdog. I watched that so much. Really? Audience, that movie, yeah. Um, and he also did uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert just before this. Yep. Two very big Australian movies, Babe and Priscilla. And Very straight different after this, characters. <laughs> yeah. Straight after this, he did uh, Lord of the Rings, which was he was Elrond. And he has a very similar tone and way that he's presenting that vocally as well as Agent Smith.
1: I just found that in this particularly, he enunciated a little bit more strangely yeah. than a human usually would. You know what I mean? And it's, be- I think how I'm interpreting that is that he's a computer, he's trying to talk like a person, he's not a person, so he's doing the best. that. It's yeah, like, okay. it's like It's like Stephen Hawking's voice, you know what I mean?
0: Okay, yeah. Kind of <laughs> same interesting. thing. interesting. Yeah. This was kind of a, a second kickoff for Keanu Reeves' career. Um, because b- before this, he obviously did Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, those movies. He did Speed in 96, I think that came out. Uh, so he was a big actor. And then when they got this, he's like, he had a new character to, to become, like, him. Like, he, that's him. That's Keanu Reeves, you know. And mm-hmm. then he's, there's a massive resurgence for Keanu Reeves again lately um, because of the John Wick trilogy and mm-hmm. even over the weekend uh at E3 he was in the the new Cyberpunk 2077 trailer he came out and everyone lost their minds so Keanu Reeves has had like three at least big points in his career over the last 20 30 years which is very interesting
1: metamorphoses
0: yeah so it's like what what people know him for and what he's doing like i mean good for him like he seems he seems very passionate about his job and he seems like a very nice person he's he's kind of weird guy um, but...
1: Yeah, but that's actors.
0: <laughs> it's He's had a very interesting career.
1: I just gotta say, Keanu Reeves, like, late 90s, early 2000s Keanu Reeves, I always thought he was so fucking hot. He's a little bit different looking now, but...
0: Yeah, I don't like his long hair these days. We should definitely watch Speed. You haven't seen Speed, have you? No. That's like prime Keanu and Sandra Bullock's in there. Mm. <laughs> um... Just to go back to the filters on this did you notice that yeah we were talking about the green filter and it makes you sort of feel uncomfortable and fake that green filter is only on when you're in the matrix and when you're outside the matrix there's like a blue filter so just from looking at the scene you can sort of feel
1: what's real and what's
0: not um and that's a good it's a good subtle uh, motif that they've put in there
1: Yeah, it's subtle enough that, like, it's subconscious. It is. Like, you're saying that, did you notice? No, I didn't. But retrospectively, yeah, I can definitely pinpoint it. And that's good cinematography, because they've done it in such a way that it does exactly what they want it to do. And like you say, it makes you feel a little bit on edge and a little bit like, something's not right. I can't put my finger on what it is, but it's something. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: You know, this role was going to go to Will Smith.
1: Oh, I wouldn't have liked that at all.
0: I think I kind of would have, because it would have had very similar Men in Black vibes from the first one. He had done, obviously, Men in Black, uh, Independence Day, and Fresh Prince, obviously. Um, I kind of would have liked it. And I think who was going to be... Lawrence Fishburne wasn't going to be Morpheus. It was going to be like Val or someone. Um, So it would have been like a bit of a reversal there.
1: What, racially? Yeah. Okay.
0: But I think I kind of would have liked that. It would have been an interesting take. A very different movie. But he went on... He thought it was too confusing when he read the script, so he went and did that Wild Wild West movie. Who? Will Smith.
1: Okay. I think... I've seen him in serious roles, and he he does very well in comedic roles. I don't know how I would have liked him in this. I'm glad they went with Keanu. I think he's better at, like, being the badass a little bit.
0: You think? I think he, he plays a bit of the dopey everyman where he's just like i don't know what's going on whoa
1: yeah but it works i don't know yeah (laughs) i wouldn't have liked will smith in this personal choice
0: okay i wanted to just like unpack some of the cool things that they bring up in this movie um one of the first ones being the idea that you can download or install memories
1: Or skills.
0: Oh, skills. Yeah, they show that in a very cool way when they go into the dojo and he's, like, learning. What are you doing?
1: I'm just thinking, how many times would I have loved to have been able to do that?
0: (laughs) During your studies? Yeah. Yes. This whole (laughs) textbook, just download.
1: Yeah, I know everything now. How perfect.
0: What was that scene? There was a scene towards the end there where was it was at Trinity. She's like, I need to know this and they just downloaded it. It was it.
1: how to fly the helicopter. Fly
0: the helicopter, yeah. That's yeah. right. Um, that scene with the dojo when the <laughs> I don't even remember the kid's name, he runs into like the mess hall, and he's like, Keanu's fighting Morpheus and then they like fuck, I gotta yeah. see this. Um, yeah. and then they're just like that scene's pretty cool where they're yeah. just beating ass because he's learned all these skills and he's trying to figure out his jujitsu skills.
1: He was like, "Oh my god, I know karate." Like he's just like it defies all logic that all of a sudden you're just like I know everything. It
0: does make sense though. I'm just wondering if if it's all just like electromagnetic waves, could we just see that happen in the future, like 100 years from now, if we could just
1: Probably, but the problem is we don't understand memory.
0: No, we don't. Yet. We don't understand it even slightly um, today.
1: We don't even really know where it's housed in the brain. We have really good guesses that it's That's like why in I the said hippocampus. said like 100 years. <laughs> yeah, we're not close yet, but that would be cool.
0: You might need some sort of um, technological implant sort of thing, like a USB port.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which they have, don't they? In this movie, they've it's got something the thing like that, in the back yeah. of their head. Yeah.
0: This movie kind of feels a lot like an early '80s sci-fi movie, kind of like, um, kind of like yeah. Alien. There's a lot of Alien things in there that it feels like very much Terminator, with these humans versus machines kind of thing, set in the future. Um, Twelve Monkeys, like it's got this old sort of sci-fi feel to it so maybe they were trying to like encompass those but there's a lot of overlap i feel what do you think
1: yeah i do because i'm thinking about i haven't seen some of those but i've like i can get what you're going for and there was a flavor that those took during that time yeah and it's definitely portraying that the whole you know like we gotta do high action and like cool funky hip hop music while we're doing the high action and yeah. then like <sighs> these kind of shots and angles and a lot of guns and a lot of like it's it's all there. Um Yeah. Twelve monkeys is a good comparison, I think, because it's high concept also. It's kind of futuristic, apocalyptic. It's actually it's actually a really good comparison. Different concept, but it's still there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think it would have been very very out there, very radical sort of idea to us being all living in the simulation and we wouldn't even know about it, you know? There's like little glitches in there that like deja vu that we might might have problems, like, like people with uh, telekinesis, that's also them hacking into the matrix, you know? But today, in 2019, this came out 20 years ago, the concept that we're living in a simulation is not actually that far-fetched. People have come out, People who understand it much more than me, like uh Elon Musk and Stephen Hawking, have said that there is a chance that we're living in a simulation. I just think mm-hmm. that's that's much more widely accepted in just twenty years, let alone two hundred years
1: and the thing to think about computers are so much more powerful now than they were when this movie came out, even in and our the lifetime, technology, yeah, in yeah, like the technology that they're displaying so it's it's a really strange thought because it's like. Honestly, I think some of the stuff they're talking about, they had to dumb it down a bit for everybody to understand it, but it's not... I'd love to hear a computer scientist's take on that, because I don't think it's actually very complicated, some of the stuff they were talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. What they could do now with the technology that we have now, I think, would be much more impressive, and we couldn't wrap our minds around in terms of what they'd be able to do. You know what I mean? If we were... In a matrix:
0: Because we've essentially made AI, not sentient AI, but AI, based yep. on algorithms mm-hmm. and self-learning programs. Mm-hmm. Um, if you speed that up, you could essentially make a very accurate simulation that learns and adapts and grows. Uh, you even see this in very complicated like video games and, and programs. Um, and it's, it's just a very cool idea just to, that are we living in a simulation?
1: I was going to say, that said, hasn't it been proven that we're not?
0: Yes. I remember reading an article. Um, there was there was two main reasons there. I'm trying to think what the first one was. I don't remember as to proof as to why we're not actually living in a matrix. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember the second one was complex numbers. Mm-hmm. Things that are like ir- ir- irrational numbers, like pi. Mm-hmm. And then even though... Pi is calculated using a formula and it is a tangible thing. It's still recurring forever. Now, if we were in a simulation, you wouldn't get that. As you would in it get couldn't,
1: it couldn't go on forever.
0: It couldn't go on forever. You would eventually see it start to repeat. If it were part of an algorithm. So, it's weird that, like, the answer to the, the main question, are we living in a simulation? How do we know? The answer is irrational numbers. Because you wouldn't be able to have... The existence of an irrational number or the, the theory of it within mm. a simulation.
1: And it makes sense because computers have limitations. Yes. Right? Like-
0: Even the most powerful ones, they will have, because they've calculated pi to millions of decimal places, you would eventually see it have some sort of pattern and it doesn't. And that, that's just an example. There's obviously other irrational numbers out there.
1: I'd love to see what happened, and I think they've probably started to do this if a computer could design a computer. You know what I mean? Yeah. What was that study they did where two AIs were talking to each other and they found English too... Inefficient. ...frivolous and inefficient? Yeah, so they developed their own language. Yeah. That was it's like, okay, unplug that.
0: Well, <laughs> it kind of went viral at the time because everyone thought they'd, they've they shut it down because they don't want these uh, AI communicating with each other. and So it wasn't actually that. I read the the report on it and it was... They didn't know what they were saying, so it was kind of giving unuseful information because this is obviously like a study. Yeah. Well why would we continue it running if we don't if it's not giving out good information? Like
1: useful data. Yeah, yeah okay. it wasn't
0: useful data. Um beside the fact that you don't exactly want these AI talking to each other. It's not like they were plotting against it. I know. I've seen a lot of these like these uh, trendy articles just being like or
1: conspiracy theorists. Essentially, yeah. yeah.
0: And I'm like, well, it wasn't actually. That was probably in the back of their mind, but it definitely wasn't the forefront as the decision as to what they were trying to do and why they pulled the plug on it. Mm. Definitely interesting uh, theory, though. Mm-hmm. Behind it, big big concept. There was quite a lot of parallels to this to like religious symbolism and things
1: there was a lot of religious symbolism and a lot of symbolism and i did a little bit of preliminary research just before coming to record and i want to know what you think about it and i also want to talk about the red blue pill in a minute but we'll talk about zion and stuff first so
0: so zion is the city of humans that have either never gone to sleep or have awoken and then been sent there Right? And it's somewhere yes. safe from the machines. And there are these vessels going out underground and they're like, pulling people out of the Matrix and recruiting them and then sending them back to Zion. Is that correct? And that's what this is? As far is? as
1: I understand, yes. Okay. Um, and the ship and crew that we are looking at in this movie are on the ship Nebuchadnezzar. So let's talk right. about first what Zion actually is. ...is another name for the city of Jerusalem, the city of David, the city of God. Okay. The idea is that all of creation stemmed from Zion, because according to, like, I don't want to call it Jewish lore. According to...
0: The Old Testament.
1: Yeah, and biblical information, Mount Zion is where God took the dust to create Adam. And so from there, all of creation was created from Zion. Okay,
0: I was thinking that's where Adam and Eve went after they left Eden. No. Okay.
1: And it's it's a place of intense holy significance to all of the Abrahamic religions, so Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. We're looking at, in the context of the movie, Zion is a place for naturally made humans to go back to. It's what, it's, it's their holy place again. So yep. that makes a little more sense.
0: There's obviously Neo being reflected as, as Jesus, I guess. He's the savior. Yep. He's the one, which is obviously a, an anagram for Neo.
1: Oh, interesting. So let's look at... Remember that episode of Rick and Morty where they're on the alien ship?
0: <laughs> which one?
1: And they're in a simulation. <laughs> they're in a
0: simulation, yes.
1: They're the one in the simulation, and I'm pretty sure... Isn't that the one where he's in the diner and stuff?
0: Uh, there's a couple where he's in the simulation. There's the the M. Night Shyamal aliens. <laughs> Where the aliens are trying to get his recipe for, what was it again? The aliens are trying to get some sort of recipe off him. It's um, like dark
1: matter or something. Yeah,
0: Yeah. it was like dark matter or something. And then there's one a couple of seasons later where he's in the prison and the aliens, different aliens, are trying to get his formula for interspace, uh, interportal travels or something. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of simulation ones, but the first one is a very good explanation of what a simulation could look like with, like, AI and things running and yeah, learning. Yeah, so it's
1: like things are forming around you all the time. It's not, like, one big fully formed thing. Isn't there yes. something like that in video games? Yes. Yeah.
0: Some of the bigger games, like Grand Theft Auto, it's very surprising how big that radius is, because you can see yeah. things interacting in the distance, you can see planes and helicopters flying over, which is really cool. He explains it very well in Rick and Morty, where he says it's like running on a treadmill, where the things yes. behind you are, ge- are disappearing and the things are forming in front of you. Yes. What was, your, uh, what was the reason you brought that up?
1: The point being, that's essentially what The Matrix is creating, right? Yes.
0: I think the internet is a very good comparison, though, because everyone's plugged into the same one.
1: Yes. So, disregarding the fact that we can interact with people, because that's a bit beyond my scope of comprehension and what I can explain, um, let's just think about it as, for a minute, that you're alone and you're running on this treadmill. Okay, and the Matrix is creating this, this treadmill of reality around you. Yep. So, what the red pill allows you to do is it allows you to disconnect from that and step out and see the fact oh my god this is a treadmill it gets yes. rid of this what i called a mind fog the mind fog being that you're plugged into this treadmill and you can't see that it's a treadmill
0: so did the pills actually have uh, a point or is it just a symbolism as which one would you select
1: they did have a point they were they were brain chemicals okay And it's interesting because, again, too, are they running around with the men in black little mind eraser thingy? They don't need to. For the humans who are unplugged, the blue is that mind eraser, so you'll go back and forget about it. For the machines, you're already plugged into the Matrix anyway, so if you see something you're not supposed to, they can just write it into code and erase it from your memory.
0: No, you can't do that for humans that are plugged in. You can do that for machines that are plugged in. You can't erase the memory from the humans that are plugged in. And you can't expect everyone to take a pill. That was in reference to seeing people do crazy things, like Trinity jumping across the buildings. It's like, whoa, look at that, you know? If mm-hmm. that cop was a real person and not one of the the AI, then he would have just seen that and you couldn't just mind-erase them, like in Men in Black. You know what I mean?
1: But you could, though, because think about when Neo woke up and then they take the bug out of him. He's like, holy shit, that was real? They made him feel like it was a dream.
0: They put a bug in him, though, in order to track him. You can't just track someone because they're plugged into the Matrix.
1: No, I know, but they could erase the memory of that happening or alter the memory of it because he thought it was just a dream.
0: I think that's the same as saying drugging someone is like altering their memory. And it's like, no, you just drugged them. And now they can't remember what happened for the last six hours. You know what I mean? Just because you've got drunk and passed out doesn't mean you've actually altered your memory. You've just forgotten what happened quicker than you normally would.
1: Yeah, I agree to disagree. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, that's what I... I just wanted to say, having a bit of an understanding of how rendering programs work, I found that really really useful in watching this. What does that mean? You use a lot of creation software. I'm going to call it that because of what you study. So you do a lot of like working with vector drawings. You can create shapes and 3D shapes on a computer. Like I wouldn't know what vector drawings were if I hadn't watched you doing your school assignments. I wouldn't know what how how rendering works like we were even watching that Pixar video this morning about how rendering works to create to make things look like like a three D image to make things look real.
0: Um, yes. See, I wouldn't have understood that video as well if I hadn't worked with three uh, D Studio Max with my degrees. Exactly. Um, but yeah, you have to like assign like a material and a and a function to them. They they were explaining the hairs on Sully in, in Monsters Inc. And each one of those is following an algorithm as to whether or not the wind is doing this and gravity is doing that and forces are put upon it. Um, and that's that's essentially what you're saying because yeah. those 3D modeling softwares, a lot of the things in there can be associated with an algorithm. They move as a, their interactions with other digital space depending on what's happening on in this algorithm.
1: What I'm saying is that having an understanding of, first, that those programs exist, and second, a very, very preliminary understanding of what they do and how they work has allowed me to not only appreciate the concept of this movie more, but it also helped me understand some of the things that happen.
0: Which kind of goes back to the fact that I was saying, in 99, this was a very far-fetched idea, but now it's not. Because yes. these things have gotten better, more people have understood how they work, so therefore there's much more understanding as to what AI means and sentience and machines and these simulations. Um, it's things like yeah. that that do that. And that's a very good example is yourself.
1: Exactly. Let's just say before I met you, I wouldn't have understood this movie at all. Having
0: Which I didn't.
1: <laughs> yeah, having an understanding of how computers work, how programs work. Like you said, it makes this much more tangible to the everyday person because it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense because computers can absolutely do that. You know what I mean? So I just wanted to point out that, I mean, I think you'll still probably enjoy it. But if you have an understanding of the capabilities of technology, I think you'll appreciate and understand this movie a whole lot more.
0: Or why is he able to dodge the bullets at the end? Because he's able to see the code they even show the shot there where he's able to see the code and he's able to move around in it um you got to sort of understand how computers read software in order to understand why can he dodge that bullet
1: and i'm saying that that's what that blue pill does on a very preliminary level is it allows you to see what you're seeing for what it is like it allows you to see the matrix for what it is not what it wants you to see um, and then Neo being Neo and being the one is able to take it that much further, because I don't think any of the other characters can see the Matrix as code when they're in the Matrix. I yeah. I think that's something unique I to him. I think
0: that was an interesting, uh, idea early in the movie, is that he's a hacker hacking the machine from the inside.
1: Yeah. And I thought yeah. that
0: was cool, and they were talking about the very first person who had done that. They had freed people while he was inside the Matrix.
1: Yeah. Which was yeah. interesting.
0: Um, I think it's very cool that they kept bringing it up a few times in the movie, and I'm okay with that, is there is no spoon. You have to realize that there is not actually a tangible thing, even though you can see it and you can feel it and you can, you know, interact with it. You have to understand that it's not actually there, and that's what helps them sort of see the code. And I thought that was a very cool concept for me to understand how these things are done. By the people while they're in the Matrix.
1: And it opened up a conversation around things that they didn't even really talk about in the movie. But like you said, telekinesis, Mm. being psychic. um, Deja vu. Yeah, deja vu. Hearing voices. Things like that. That, like I said, they didn't really touch on it. But it's just saying that these are people who are able to see the Matrix for what it is a little bit more than everybody else. And that's why they're able to manipulate it. Yes. We didn't even talk about the Oracle.
0: Which also is a very religious tie, isn't it?
1: Oh, yes.
0: (laughs) Um, so, So is she actually in the Matrix somewhere, like the first person? Or is she come out of the Matrix and she's plugged in somewhere?
1: I'm wondering if she is the first person. Interesting. And I think she is plugged in, and I think her point is that she's fine to stay where she is. Because it's probably more comfortable for her, but she's still able to help the Rebellion while being plugged in.
0: Can I just say, a lot of these things that we're saying, we're doing without knowledge of the sequels. Which is probably a good thing, but it could be contradicting things that are being just explained very simply in the sequels. So, this is just from watching The Matrix.
1: I'm interested to see the second ones, even if they are a bit shit.
0: To go back to the religious symbolism, there's even the resurrection at the end. He gets shot and he wakes up. How the hell does that happen, by the way? I
1: was going to say, yeah, he's Jesus. (laughs) How does
0: he wake up? And don't tell me it's because he's the one or because Trinity loves him. You know, he gets shot just like everyone else, but he just wakes up out of the Matrix.
1: I think he is the one. Like, I think it is because he's the one that he's able to do that. Because he's figured out more than anybody else can that, like, just because you're dead in the Matrix, the Matrix isn't real.
0: Okay, so for everyone you know else, know I mean? if you get shot in the Matrix, you obviously get shot in real life because your mind believes it. At the yes. core of it. So if, because he's the one and he's that step above everyone else, he's able to convince himself this isn't real. It's like... Yes. it's like here's a Here's a good analogy. A toddler, in a dream, pissing themselves, can't control themselves and they'll piss in reality. But an adult, if they're peeing in a dream, you can say to yourself... I'm actually lying down asleep, I'm not going to wet the bed. We yes. have that extra level where even if we're, like, peeing in a dream, we won't actually do it in reality because we know that we're in a dream. So that's, yeah. that's the analogy that I've got there, is he knows that he's not actually shot and that's how he wakes up. Or I could well, just be making that up.
1: And then you start to see him, too, like, he keeps getting shot in the Matrix and it just it doesn't even affect him. And then he can stop the bullets. It sort you know of did. I mean? it,
0: yeah, he, he could stop the bullets. Um, But it was affecting him a bit, wasn't he? Convulsing?
1: Yeah, I he because... Was. And then he died, and then he came back, and then he's getting shot, 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 and he's not even bleeding anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it is, like, I know y- you said before, don't tell me it's because he's the one, but I think it is because he's the one. Okay, he's that next yeah. level.
0: But But if the explanation was just just think that, it, just just believe it because he's the one, you know, without actually having an explanation behind it. That's what yeah, I don't like crap. when movies do. Yeah. They're just like, ah, whatever, it's a MacGuffin. It's just like, go just along go with, with it. it. Just go yeah, with it. Yeah, and I, I hate that. Give me some yeah. sort of tangible, even if it's just one sentence, to understand how this thing works. That's what I wanted. Um,
1: Did I give you that? I think so.
0: Even in the name Trinity, that's a very religious thing. There's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're um, known as the Holy Trinity. Um, and what was up with that forced love story at the end? Was that just me? Where she's just like, I love you. And then she kisses him and wakes up. It's like, well, that was just tacked on. I,
1: yeah. And she's like, the Oracle told me I would fall in love with, with the one who was the one. And it's like, y'all haven't even sat down and had like a real life intimate conversation yet.
0: Yeah. It's of such a cliche. It's, there's a lot of examples of it out there.
1: Yeah. They've been so busy, like dealing with stuff haven't even talked to each other yet yeah
0: he's been awake for like two days yeah.
1: it's like cypher he's like you never brought me dinner that's the only thing she's done for him
0: <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean she brought him dinner that's that the one time. only
1: like like moment they've had for each other is that she brought him she brought him something to eat while he was passed out Ooh, <laughs> you know what i mean
0: you said when we finished you you looked at me and you're like well that was a shit ending why why do you think that was a shit ending
1: because like Okay, we finally got past the obstacle. What are we going to do now? We're going to end it. I'm like, nice.
0: I'm going to walk off into the Matrix.
1: Yeah, it's like, I thought at least you were going to, like, at least go to Zion or something first.
0: Does he, does he just, like, go on missions to help recruit other people from the Matrix? What, what does he do from here?
1: We don't know. That's why it's shit. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I'm not dead. Cool. The end.
0: That's, yeah, that's essentially it.
1: Yeah, so I'm just like, well, you could, you could, you know, like, there's a big old fucking hole in your ship. Are you gonna deal with that?
0: The only way it could be more cliche is if it, like, cuts to, like, a, a dead Agent Smith and his eyes open just as the credits roll.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There was
0: a lot of things here where it was just hitting a lot of cliches. So, I think it it was a really cool movie. It did some really cool things. It had a lot to say, and I I respect that. I enjoyed it. Um...
1: It's like the ending of Three Billboards.
0: Yeah, but I think Three Billboards does it in a much better way.
1: Oh, they did, but it's like, okay, cool. Like, we're at that climax. I want to see what happens next, and then it ends. I like, was
0: so excited fuck. to keep going with Three Billboards, and then it ended.
1: And then um, it ended. So it's the, same, it's the same kind of thing for me.
0: Yeah. They even had to, like, create their own camera rig that, like, hadn't been invented just to be able to do some of the slow-mo bullet time shots that they do in this movie. So mm. I really appreciate that and the things that it's saying. But all in all, I don't think I like it. I, ha- I don't think I ever have liked it. Um, and I wouldn't rush to watch it again. I respect it from a distance without liking it.
1: I was surprised because I'm like, without any knowledge of what it was, I'm like, this looks dumb.
0: And I'm like, but it's number 18 on the best I movies know. of all time.
1: Well, I can still think it's dumb. We know yeah. me. I tend to like movies that aren't great. I surprised myself in that I liked it quite a lot. Um, so that was cool. And I like the concept. Liked it. I'm a bit disappointed to hear that the sequels are going to be a bit shit. We'll see if I actually think that. I'm excited to see where they go with it. Um, because, like I said, a lot of that religious symbolism wasn't even touched on. It was just like, let's assume you it's know what Zion is. A lot of yeah. people won't.
0: Well, there's a lot of series that do that. Like, like, I hate to keep bringing it back to Harry Potter, but there was a lot of mythology and things in just names you didn't have to go into explaining it uh it's just there with the symbolism
1: that said if you know what it means it gives you a deeper level of understanding and appreciation so i'd almost like to do my own research and watch this again yeah to be able to pick up on some stuff i appreciate fiction that does that i do
0: well even with the name what was the name of the ship again
1: nebuchadnezzar
0: nebuchadnezzar right It's not like they called the ship The Ark and Zion wasn't called Eden. Like, it wasn't straightforward. It was like, if you know this, you'll get it. It wasn't obvious. And I like that better, but you do have to have that understanding in order to even get the inside joke.
1: Yeah. So, I I liked it. Honestly, I think it's on, like, the same level as Mission Impossible for me. Like, I enjoyed it. The first one? Actually, I take that back. I didn't like Mission Impossible that much.
0: The first one? Or the series?
1: The series thing. I didn't like the first one. I thought it was dumb.
0: I think the first one's the second worst of the six. Okay. Obviously, the second one is the first worst.
1: It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. Um. No, I would recommend this. I would. It was quite good. Especially if you're into high concept films, this one's definitely up there. Also, I'm going to say it again for the 15 millionth time. Go watch Arrival. That was fucking amazing.
0: Or listen to our episode on Arrival after you've watched it.
1: And give us some recommendations if you've got some high concept films that you've really enjoyed, because we like a good concept film once in a while. So let us know what's your favorite. You know what I mean? Um, what are some movies that you've really enjoyed that are thinkers? Give us some recommendations and maybe you'll see it. If it's on the list, you'll definitely see it. And maybe you'll see it in a in an honorable mention.
0: And you can reach out to us. We're most active on places like Instagram and...
1: Send us to our email.
0: Or email, yeah. Uh, we're on the website. Um, check us out on all the socials. We have been Daniel and Brenton this week. Thanks for joining us. Feel free to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And like I said, check us out on all the socials. Comment on SoundCloud. And until next week, thanks for listening.